This is Anthony Alex from the Angry Mailman Podcast, and you're listening to another fine show from the From Page to Screen Media Empire. Hey guys, this is Ace Marrero from the movie Madison County. Hi, this is David L.G. Hughes, writer-director of the film Hall Bowl Suites. I love the pace and the fastness, and I love the fact that you just roll with it. Hi, I'm Eric England, the director of Contracted. Hi, I'm J.J. Amanu, the writer-director of Deviation. Hi, I'm Brando Benetton, director of Nightfire. My name is Nathan Whitehead, and I wrote the music for Beyond Skyline. Hi, this is James Cullen Brussack, the writer, director, and producer. Hi, this is Ben Lloyd Holmes from the film The Expedition. This is Dominic Burns, the director of Allies. Hey, Stewart, page the screen, dot com up in my bungalows. Snitch, get that to my motorcycle running and tracking up with my fucking snitch, James, with Dom, eating pizza, and I'm Neil Johnson, I directed Rogue Warrior and The Time War, and I crucified Adolf Hitler. The From Page to Screen. So, evening Rob, how are you? I'm good, how are you? Alright, long time no speak. Actually, it's been about 60 seconds, because we're recording this one back to back. I very stupidly realised that I hadn't recorded my first top 10 one. I got yours done, yours was first. Mm-hmm. So it went up so people can uh, then run off and appreciate Grease 2 for all yeah. its wonder. Hashtag Grease 2. Hashtag Give me Grease a shout 2. out, Mr. R. Dyer on Twitter, if you like Grease 2 as well. If you think it's Grease Lightning. Yeah, you're getting no tweets with that hashtag, by the way. Just, <laughs> just, you might get one from Max Caulfield and maybe Michelle Pfeiffer, but other than that, you ain't, you're not getting any at all. I, I'm happy with those two, to yeah. be honest. <laughs> That's all you need, isn't it? You can be a. You can on be Apple. A, yeah, yeah, probably. Yeah. Send in those tweets. I want to hear ten of Abel's films. There you go, Abel. You can join in. So between now and next week, Abel, I want you to send me ten films that you love, not your top ten, because you can send those to in December. And Neil, you can do the same as well. In fact, anybody who's listening, send them. It sounds like we just do this show for Abel and Neil, doesn't it? Really, yeah. but yeah. other people do listen. So yeah, DM me ten films that you love. Join in. So here are my March ones. Are you ready? You have no clue what ones no, are on here. So the first one I've got is from 1971. You weren't even you weren't even a thought back Not in 1971. Way I was just born in 1971. So I was in this uh, parallel backwards universe. They think may exist. I think we all are now. To be fair, uh, this was a film that I think I saw on TV first. Because mm-hmm. I'd never, I certainly didn't see it at the cinema because I was born in 1971. Uh, and it is Dirty Harry. I know what you're thinking. Did he fire six shots or only five? Well, to tell you the truth in all this excitement, I've kind of lost track myself. But being this is a 44 Magnum, the most powerful handgun in the world, and would blow your head clean off, you've got to ask yourself one question Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, Bunk? Clint Eastwood, obviously the first of the Dirty Harry films. Originally, possibly going to star Frank Sinatra, believe it or not. But wow. uh, that would have been interesting to watch. But it is the introduction of Harry Callahan, one of the, the greatest anti-heroes of all time, and a cop who will happily blow you away with his magnum <laughs> uh, and then ask questions afterwards. It's one of, I think it's five Harry movies. I love them all. I've seen them all multiple times. And uh, Dirty Harry, you've seen this one, Rob? 
Yes, I haven't seen all of the uh, the the sequel movies, but I have seen Dirty Harry. Fifth one's got Jim Carrey in it, believe it or not. But this first wow, one has really? uh, has Andrew Robinson who plays Garrick. Garrick, yeah. He plays the Zodiac killer. Well, effectively the Zodiac killer in this one. So that's my first film, Dirty Harry. Very good. My second one is from only a couple of years after, and it is a 1973 film called Papillon. Welcome to the penal colony of French Guiana. Whose prisoners you are. Get moving! And from which there is no escape. How much would it cost? 3,000 in advance, which you pay to me, and I pay to Pascal, who provides everything. You double-cross me. I'll kill you. How much you charge us in this one as far as Panama? Guard, come here a minute. Steve McQueen, Dustin Hoffman. Two men with nothing in common but a will to live. And a place to die. It's up to you. You are just as much dead as you are alive. We make no pretense at rehabilitation here. We're not priests, we're processors. A meat packer processes live animals into edible ones. We process dangerous men into harmless ones. This we accomplish by breaking you. Papillon was remade in the past couple of years, starring Charlie Hunnam and Rami Malek, but this is nowhere near as good as the Steve McQueen and Dustin Hoffman starring film. It's set in the 1930s, and it is about a convict who, I think he steals like a loaf of bread or something, and he just gets put in this very, very nasty sort of prison where there's cockroaches running around and he makes friends with the Dustin Hoffman character and they do plan to sort of to help each other survive and possibly escape off the unescapable Devil's Island uh, penal colony. But Papillon's great if you've never seen Papillon. I haven't seen the remake because I don't want to. Cause, and it's not going to ruin the original, but it's like if I want to watch Papillon, I'll just watch the original one. But at So some which point, one should I start with? Because at the moment no, it yeah. sounded like Prison Break and I'm in. It, I would, if you can find the 1973 one, I would watch that. But maybe mm-hmm. maybe if you can't find that, watch the remake. It, okay. Uh, maybe, you know, still might be a good film, even though it's not the original. Mm-hmm. Third film, I'm hoping you've seen this, Rob. Otherwise, you've got to go searching for this. It's from 1988, so we're now getting into the time when, you know, we were... I was alive. We were both alive. <laughs> and it is the Robert De Niro, Charles Grodin classic film, Midnight Run. Robert De Niro is a bounty hunter. Did your mother ever teach you how to talk nice to people and not shoot at them? Charles Grodin is an accountant who embezzled $15 million from the mob. It is truly in your best interest to just relax. I'm totally relaxed. I want this guy taken off. I want him taken off fast. The mob wants him dead. The FBI want him alive. I'm going to bring him into federal court. 
I make myself understood. These sunglasses, they're really nice. Are they government issued or do all you guys go like to the same store to get them? And his bail bondsman wants him in L.A. in 72 hours. They can't fly. They also suffer from acrophobia and claustrophobia. I'll tell you what, if you don't cooperate, you're going to suffer from fistophobia. Travel has a funny way of bringing people together. Are you going to outrace the police car? Are you going to outrace the police car? Jack, where are you? I'm in Boise, Idaho. Um, I haven't seen it. Oh my god! It is anybody. Sometimes on Twitter, you'll be you'll see people going, "What's Robert De Niro's best film?" Never mind your raging bull or your taxi driver or your casino or your Goodfellas. It is hundred percent midnight run. Robert De Niro plays a bounty hunter. This is from the director of. This is what will sell it for you, Rob. This will make mm-hmm. you run for midnight run. It is from the same director who did the first Beverly Hills Cop. Oh yeah, I'm in. Right now, Robert De Niro is a bounty hunter who is is very foul mouthed. He's very sort of down to earth, a little bit scruffy, and he is uh, given the task of going all the way to New York to bring back Charles Grodin, who's the dad from Beethoven, mm-hmm. uh, because he has stolen money from the mob. And it's it's like Beverly Hills Cop. This will be another way to sell it to you. It's like Beverly Hills Cop meets planes, trains, automobiles. <laughs> Fantastic! Yeah. Midnight Run. Yep. My next one, my fourth one, is a it's a Hong Kong movie from 1989. It is John Woo's The Killer. A lethal assassin, burdened by conscience in a dangerous world. His only way out, a deadly assignment with a hidden secret. Now betrayed by the only code he ever knew and haunted by visions of a violent past. His only hope for redemption is a friendship which could cost him his life. Now this is, I love John Woo films and this was one of the first ones I saw. It is a Hong Kong action gangster thriller, but it's got some of the best gun choreography that I've ever seen in a movie. And it just made me think I need to watch all of John Woo's films. Mm-hmm. Anybody who's not familiar with John Woo, just think face off. That was John Woo. John Woo did that in The Killer. He does it better. Uh, next one, oh, jumping back into the 70s again. This is another film that's been remade. It is 1974's The Poseidon Adventure. early morning hours of New Year's Eve, the SS Poseidon, en route from New York to Athens, was struck by a 90-foot tidal wave. Oh, my God. And capsized. Erwin Allen's production of The Poseidon Adventure. Ooh, good movie. The Poseidon Adventure, that's one you've seen? Uh, yeah, I've seen both versions, the first and uh, the remake. Yeah, I have seen the first, I've seen the remake, and I've seen both the sequels to the original one. The third one is the shit. The sequels to it? There is a second one called Beyond the Poseidon Adventure starring Sally Field and Michael Caine, in which they play salvage hunters, and they go back and they uh-huh. find the wreck of the Poseidon, and they go in and try and, you know, stuff happens. Mm-hmm. There is a third one which is awful because it's a dubbed version of a, an Italian movie. <sighs> Uh, yeah, don't don't bother with that one. But Beyond the Poseidon Adventure is great. But the Poseidon mm-hmm. Adventure, everybody just think Titanic before it sunk. 
and, and it, they're all on an ocean liner. You've got Gene Hackman's on there, and then all sorts, Shelley Winters, and all sorts. And the ship gets hit by the biggest wave I've ever seen, and flips upside down, and everybody's trapped. I love this film. I've I've probably seen it fifteen, twenty times over the years. It is great. very good. Jumping forward a little bit to 1980, we have the British Bob Hoskins gangster film, The Long Good Friday. There was the courier, the cash, the ripoff, the boss, the meeting, the widow. The greed. The women. The secret. The setup. The murders. It started with betrayal and ended with revenge. Six hours of terror. The long Good Friday. Uh-huh. Um, you will, if you're familiar with Casualty, if you've mm-hmm. ever seen that show, Charlie. Charlie's in that one. Oh, really? There's also a very early appearance from a Mr. Pierce Brosnan. <laughs> uh, and Helen Mirren's in there, but Bob Hoskins is this London Cockney gangster in, in obviously the way that you would picture Bob Hoskins being. He's all very gruff and rah, that sort of stuff. And uh, it looks like somebody's trying to mess with a, a deal with the American mob that he's got going. So it's, it is pure 80s British gangster film, but it's, mm. it's excellent. It's a long Good Friday. Sticking with gangster films, but jumping forward to 1990, I have a film that a lot of people haven't seen, and it's one I've not seen for a while, and it's called State of Grace. A Time of Innocence. A state of grace. Terry Noonan never thought he'd come back to the old neighborhood. To the best friend he ever had. To the first girl he ever loved. To a shadowy world of violence, intimidation, and fear. Where brother threatens brother. Where love is darkened by betrayal. Where now he's forced to make a choice. Between betraying his friends and betraying himself. Okay, tell me more. Starring Gary Oldman, Ed Harris, Sean Penn... And Robin Wright, who would then soon become Robin Wright Penn. You've also got a little appearance in there by Burgess Meredith. Oh, mm. Mickey from Rocky. And it's all about uh, the sort of the gangsters in Hell's Kitchen in America. Uh. So, you know, that's pretty much all you need to say, to be fair. It's just I, like, I love... Uh, like I kind lo- of a running theme through uh, a few of these movies, Stuart. You, you, you do like, like your gangster movies. I do. I would love to have been one, I think. <laughs> Boy, that's like, I want to be... Yeah, but I mean... Top 10 films for me, one of one will be Scarface, so a bit of a spoiler mm-hmm. there. But I have another film. My next one isn't a gangster film, 
Sort okay. of. It's got gangsters in it, but it's not a gangster <laughs> film. It's from 1994, and it is The Crow. <laughs> That gasoline I smell? <laughs> Victims, aren't we all? Ah, good film. I love The Crow. The sequels, the sequels aren't as good as the original, but some of them are still watchable. But uh, the Brandon Lee starring mm-hmm. Alex Proyas film, you've got uh, our friend Tony Todd is yep. in there, you've got Michael Wincott, he's just a great cast stunning looking film very gothic-y very sort of just dark and and it is one of the best comic book films ever made amazing mm-hmm. soundtrack and uh, i saw this at cinema this the crow wow a friend of mine had seen it and he'd he loved it and obviously i was familiar with the fact that brandon lee had passed away making it and my friend went i'm like i don't want to watch that it sounds morbid and everybody went to see it going oh wonder if the scenes in it when you actually see him die it's like really I, no, even Hollywood wouldn't do that. So, but that's what sort of elevated the film up to to a bigger status. But mm-hmm. then everybody discovered what a damn fine film The Crow was. Now, my final two have no gangsters in it. Oh, my final two. Uh, the second final one, so my number ninth film, is from 1985, and it's <sighs> what would you do if you misbehaved at school? And then you had to be stuck in detention. You would end up in the breakfast club, wouldn't you? <laughs> yes. Absolutely love this film. It is now 7.06. You have exactly eight hours and 54 minutes to ponder the error of your ways. Any questions? Yeah. Does Barry Manilow know that you raid his wardrobe? A brain, a beauty, a jock, a rebel, and a recluse. I can't believe this is really happening to me. Before this day is over, they'll break the rules. <coughs> Chicks cannot hold a smoke. That's what it is. Bear their souls. I'm a nymphomaniac. Are your parents aware of this? Take some chances. Being bad feels pretty good. Huh? And touch each other in a way they never dreamed possible. Why'd you do that? Because I knew you wouldn't. The Breakfast Club. Other, movie. other than the scene when Emilio Estevez shatters glass by screaming, <laughs> that is the only scene in that film that just annoys me every time and it makes no sense whatsoever. But other than that, I think the film's great. I think the other issue that I've got with it is they take the character of Ali Sheedy and they make her, you know, they put makeup and stuff on her. She looks mm-hmm. less attractive than she did beforehand. Mm-hmm. I think she looks better as a goth than yeah. she did when they prettied her up. But other than that, it's fine. It's a great film. Um, love it. I can't, I can't uh, sing enough praise. Well, that was the, one you introduced me to, um, I don't know, six, 12 months ago, something like that. Something um, like that. You know, after talking about it, I went out and watched it, and yet yeah, an absolutely cracking film, really good. See, I think they could remake that. Oh, yeah. And people are like, oh, they can't remake it. Like, no, I get it. But it's like the story and the elements in that, because it's very 80s, which I'm yeah. fine with, because I like the Because obviously schools have come a long way, you know, yeah. kids, you know, they've all got mobile phones, iPods, and 
whatever else it may be um you know so the the whole kind of surroundings and everything would be different but the story still the same it's yeah you could still you know if somebody came to me and said right you can remake any film you wish there's two or not not even not even remake but you can remake or make a sequel to any films you want there's three that spring to mind one i would remake the breakfast club Mm -hmm. two I would uh, do a sequel to Ferris Bueller's Day Off, okay, where they yeah. are they are either in their office and they want a day off, or they're in an old folks' home and they want to get out <laughs> for the day. Either way, it depends when it gets made. And I would do a sequel to the John Cusack film Gross Point Blank. Mm-hmm. That's my three that I would. And if you've never seen Gross Point Blank, oh, it's amazing! It's fantastic. Um, so yeah, but the Breakfast Club, I would, I'd be all right if they remade it. Mm-hmm. It wouldn't take away the original, so it's fine. No. It'd still be there. So, and my final film. This I had to really toy with this one. This was one that was on Stu Miller's list, strangely enough, and it made me think. Hang on a minute, is this in my all-time top ten? I think it's probably in my all-time top twenty. I'm not too sure if it would was in my top ten. I didn't have time to sit down and think about whether it was <laughs> or not. So maybe that's you know me shooting myself in the foot or whatever. But it is 1984's, and this will probably be in your list at some point, The Never Ending Story. But that's impossible! You will enter a world where a young boy's imagination becomes a vivid reality. The world of Atreyu and Artax, the Rockbiter, and a good and kind gnome. A world that is vast and eternal, treacherous and dazzling, unforgettable and free. For anyone who's ever made a wish, believed in a fantasy, or had a dream, this is the never-ending story. Oh, yes. Uh, this was a film I saw at the cinema when it came out. I saw it three times in a week or two weeks, but I mm-hmm. just kept going back because I could relate so much to Bastian. I, I have to say, I love the film and I think it's fantastic and I'm looking forward to watching it again soon because it's something I want Addy to see. Yeah. However, the first time I saw it, I think it scarred me. Oh, me too. The, the amount of like kind of emotional turmoil yeah. that you're put through in that film. It is it's a tough film. Mm. It's uh and you know, me and Stu Miller were chatting because that was one of his films and it was weird. He had like a one minute he had wreck, this crazy horror film, and then the next thing was like never ending story, and it's that's why that's why I love these list shows because it's like mm-hmm. weird shit coming out. Caravan of courage, what the frick? But it's great, I love them. And um but we were chatting about never ending story, and it's like the scene when Artex is going under the water. Mm. That's oh. still even think about it now. It's like I don't like that scene. It's horrific. It, but as watching it as a kid, because I was thirteen, sitting in a cinema on my own, because I used to go to cinema all the time on my own when I was that age. It was it was heartbreaking, but mm-hmm. it should be. I think that was probably the first time I learned about grief. But nowadays, you'd be there'd be a scene where the horse comes back, and I suppose kind of there is, I suppose, in the film, isn't there? When it when they rebuild the world or whatever, but you know maybe mm. but uh, there is a lot of heartache in the never ending story 
But the film and Stu Miller backed this up as well. He said even watching it nowadays, it still holds up because it's practical effects. Mm -hmm. How many times have we said it? Yeah, loads. Clearly not enough because Hollywood's still (laughs) doing CGI. But uh, but never in his story. I just I could probably watch that every month. I think it's mm-hmm. great. I love the music. Uh, it, it, I remember the time when Tammy Stronach, who's the Child Empress, followed me back on Twitter, and I'm like, <laughs> "Holy shit! I'm an adult for God's sake! Why am I getting giddy over so?" It's just. It. I think it's a massively impactful film. So yeah. th- that's my number one film of my first top ten, and I managed to get it out in March, so I'm quite happy. I would have feel very let down if I'd have been the one to, you know, <laughs> to sort of uh, let the side down. Well, what a fantastic uh, first 10 for you. Got a good top 10 for you as well, I might add. So Yeah. Uh, you know, we, we I'll, were... I'll quite happily uh, keep uh, receiving heat or letting other people receive the heat for me on Greece too. I don't care. It's oh. my list. And I love it. Well, do you know what? That's and if you, I don't know if you've listened to the Stu Miller show, but we talked about that. And he was he said at one point, to probably paraphrase a little bit, but he said he loves the fact that it's our favourite films, not the best films ever. Yeah. But he loves the fact that you could put something like Caravan of Courage on there. He was laughing. He's like, nobody else is doing that. But yeah, <laughs> you know, he's got some stuff on his list that maybe not everybody will put on. I've certainly got films on my list at some point that will get ridiculed. I went through my top 100 and I'm like, I need to pick 10 really good ones for the first lot. But I'm sure there's some stuff on mine that you'll be like, what the frick's that doing on your list? But I'm okay. Mm-hmm. I'm alright with that. And any ridiculing of choices on your list is purely tongue-in-cheek because you know we set out from the beginning to say, this is Rob's fav- this is 100 of Rob's favourite films. This mm-hmm. is 100 of Stu Miller's favourite films and it's a hundred of mine so we don't care if anybody doesn't like our choices because they're our choices and I've got to say again even though it's uh, it eating into your 10 here when yeah. it comes to Grease 2 I watched it this past week and it is still fantastic and if you gave it a chance if yeah. the haters give it the chance of yes it doesn't have the original cast it has some of them but not all of them yeah you know, if you get over that point, it is just as good as the first one. And if it had come first, and I said this the other week, people would think differently about it. Yeah, yeah, of course. And it's some film that I'll probably, I think if it pops up on a Netflix or it pops up on a something, I'll probably go, right, I'll, yeah, let's, I'll watch it. Because it's probably 40 years since I've seen that film, well, and next I watched time you're it over, we'll, it'll be a, it could be a garden projector movie one night. It can indeed, but yeah, we'll, we'll sit and revisit Greece. Mm-hmm. So, but yep, yeah, I am. That's the end of my list. Are you okay with my choices being on? There's nothing on there. I am. Oof. Obviously, there's, no, there's a few that you've not seen. Maybe a, a few how, I haven't seen, ooh. but there's a few now I want to see. So, how how many have you seen off that? So, dirty right. Uh, I'll, so I'll read them out again for hey, you. So, hey, Harry. Yeah. Dirty Harry, Papillon. Uh, no, but that is one so, that I want to go and uh, kind of find straight away. It sounds fantastic. Midnight Run, you haven't seen. Nope. The Killer, you haven't seen. Nope. The Poseidon Adventure, you have. I have seen. The Long but Good not Fright. The, the sequels. No, no, skip the sequels. They're, trust me, <laughs> they are not anywhere near my top 100 list. Uh, the Long Good Friday. Nope. State of Grace. No. Nope. The Crow. Yes. The Breakfast Club. Yes. Never Ending Story. Of course. So how many of that in total have you seen then? Uh, 
It's probably 50-50 or... That's good. Yeah, something like that. I think it's one, two, three... Four. Yeah, it is. It's 50. So yeah. you've seen half and seen half. I'd seen eight out of ten of Stu Miller's, and mm. I'd seen, I think, all of yours, actually. Yeah, I'd seen most all of people so that's will good. have... So you, me, and Stu will resume at whatever formats we have at some mm-hmm. at some point in April, probably the first two weeks of April, and then you can uh, bring out your next ten. Uh, I'll I'll come up with something equally as good to uh, to get people talking. Fantastic, uh, <laughs> and uh, thank you very much for podcasting tonight as well, Rob. You enjoy the rest of your evening. Thanks for having me. I uh, always love it. I'm going to go downstairs and soak my voice box in bleach because it's done way too many hours talking today. Or Stormtrooper water. I probably will put a bit of lime in the old Stormtrooper water. And, uh, yeah, there we go. Drink out, Very good. Drink out my helmet. So, <laughs> there we go. But you enjoy, and I will catch up with you soon. Thank you. You too. You too. Bye. Bye.